Amen. Please take your seats. If you've got your new Revival Times in your hand, you might like to turn to page 20 and 21 to see a new initiative that's taking place this summer at Kensington Temple. Next Sunday um, at 6 o'clock, we have our graduation service. And uh, next Sunday is also the last Sunday before RT goes back to the United States of America. Uh, he's going to be back next year um, for six months, uh, uh, end of January through July again. So we're looking forward to that. But he will be ministering uh, his final messages with us on um, distinctive moments, defining moments. Well done. You passed the test. Yeah, defining moments in the morning, 9-11. And then uh, there, there will be the 2.30 service, and then there will be a 6 o'clock graduation service where RT will also be ministering. And then, as you can see on page 20, after that, we're going to be having four services every Sunday, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 2.30, and 6 p.m., so the 7 p.m. is going back an hour to 6 p.m. And uh, we're not having the 5 p.m. for, uh, well, for the foreseeable future. We're going to be focusing on the 6 p.m. Now, all those four services on a Sunday are going to carry the same message. And so you go to one that you choose, you'll get the same message at, either, at any of those four services. Also, there's going to be ministry teams at all of those services. So here at the uh, 7 o'clock, which will be 6 o'clock from now on, uh, one of the things that's very important to us is that we have opportunities for ministry. That's going to continue. And we also want to increase the ministry aspect at the other services too. So that's summer at KT right there for you. Well, I want to speak today on the subject of God sending the rain. And if you turn with me first to Isaiah chapter 41. We have a wonderful passage of transformation. The transformation of environment. And it all starts with rain. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 17 we have the poor and needy, and they are parched. They are desperate for water, and there isn't any. And then what happens is God sends the rain on the mountains, and that becomes a stream, and then out of that, springs appear in the valley, and things begin to change. Let's read Isaiah 41, 17. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I, the, I will open rivers on the bare heights, that's the rain falling, and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I'll make the wilderness a pool of water, and the dry land springs of water. I'll put in the wilderness the seed of the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I'll set in the desert the cypress, the plain and the pine together, that they may see and know, may consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Now, the context of this passage is the restoration 
of Israel. So though he's speaking in natural terms, he's also speaking in spiritual terms. Notice that God says, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and when their tongue is parched with thirst, I will answer them. This is important because God is saying that where people aren't thirsty, he's not going to send the rain. He's not going to send the river. If, they, if they're not thirsty for God, then God won't give them a drink. It's like Jesus at the great festival. He said to them, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. When he went to that Samaritan woman, it was all about drawing water from the well. And uh, he said, if you asked me, I would give you water and you'd never thirst again. But you had to ask. You had to know your need for a, a drink of living water. And in this position, what God is saying is that he is allowing the desert to get more barren. He is allowing the heights to become more bare. He is allowing the wilderness to become more dry. The environment, God is allowing it to get drier and drier and drier for a purpose. Not so that there will be in the end no living creatures there and everybody will die of thirst, but so that people will turn for it to him and seek him for water. You see, he says, I, the Lord, will answer them. So it makes sense that these people are going to him and saying, Lord, our environment is a desert environment and we are thirsty, we're poor, we're needy. We can't do it our, on our own and we need some living water from you. And then we get this beautiful change of environment that comes by God pouring out his spirits and uh, pouring out his spirit and bringing up springs of living water the bare heights turn into open rivers the valley floor dry and dusty turns into beautiful fountains the wilderness turns into pools of water and dry land into the springs of water and the desert becomes an oasis filled with wonderful trees. What a wonderful change, a supernatural change of environment. And all this comes through God sending the rain and bringing the springs. This is a theme that we see in the Bible about God sending the rain of His Spirit into people's lives. And God is looking for people to to recognize the barrenness, not only of their personal life, but the barrenness of the land that they live in. How many of you know that if we were to describe spiritually Europe today, it's full of poor and needy? Unfortunately, not many of them are seeking water. But their tongue is parched with thirst. We know that, river, uh, that, that, that Europe is a bare height. It's, it's a wilderness. It's a dry valley, a dry land. It's a spiritual desert. I mean, it is such a spiritual desert. It is almost incredible to believe how dry Europe is spiritually. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people don't know Jesus. In some nations of millions, there's a handful of church. You can count the believers in mere thousands 
And when you look at what those believers are doing and, and the impact they're having, it, it's hardly anything. They're just managing to hang on themselves under the pressure of the enemy. It's a spiritual wilderness. And sometimes when you look and, and see the wilderness of Great Britain, the wilderness of London, and London's better than, than many places spiritually, the wilderness of Europe, if you actually look at it as it really is, it looks like a desert land that will never bloom again. That's if you look at it. But we know that God wants to send His Spirit like rain. So what's He doing? He's allowing it to become more parched so that a people will call upon Him and desire His Spirit and know that without the rain of God's Spirit, nothing is going to live spiritually. And that the desert will be a place of spiritual death. Let me give you some themes that we find showing you the importance of rain. Example, staying in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 8 following. I mean, have you ever been thirsty? Of course you have. But have you ever been really, really thirsty? Have you, been, have you ever been dangerously dehydrated? You know the difference when you are dehydrated, when you are dangerously thirsty. And when you come across that water, isn't the most wonderful thing in the world? You know, you can be very, very hungry. hungry. You can be totally famished and say, oh, I'm so hungry. But you know, as, 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 hungry, hunger, as powerful as hunger is, it's not as powerful as thirst. And you can last a lot longer with hunger than you can with thirst. Thirst is one of the, if not the greatest physical desires of human beings. You think of all the other desires for food, for comfort, for warmth. All those are very powerful. I'm not negating them. But, but the primary physical desire and thirst that we have in our bodies is always water. After all, over 70, between 70 and 80% of our bodies, isn't it, is made of water. That's, that's who we are. So it's a driving thirst that's in us. Now, sometimes we forget about this, especially when we live in a land where you just turn on a, on a tap anywhere and you've got drinking water. Some of us find it difficult when we go abroad and, uh, and you don't have drinking water in the tap. You have to actually buy bottled water. We think that's an inconvenience. But here we've got water all around us. And so sometimes we can be in danger of not understanding what the Bible is speaking to us about water because we're only like literally probably 100 yards from the next water source to quench our thirst. Isaiah 45 and verse 8. Shower, O heavens, from above. And let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. What a wonderful passage about the reign of God's Spirit. This is a, this is a passage speaking about spiritual reign. Shower, O heavens above. The picture is of heavy clouds in heaven. A great water source 
in the heavenly places of the Spirit. And that these clouds of God's glory rain down. And what does it rain down? Not H2O, but righteousness. The earth opens and salvation and righteousness bear fruit. Spoke a couple of weeks about the power of seed and sowing seed. And that we just keep on sowing because the more you sow, when the rain comes, then those seeds will germinate. I mentioned South America, that two years before the Welsh revival in 1902, they had a, a, a great monsoon that came over them. And, and it was the rainiest year that South America had had for centuries and centuries. And desert lands that hadn't received rain since the 1200s received rain for the first time in hundreds and hundreds of years. Not just rain, but it was absolutely pouring down. And those deserts that had contained seeds that had laid dormant for centuries and centuries and centuries, those hardy seeds suddenly came to life. And the desert changed within hours, within days because the rain fell on the seed. Well, here is a passage saying, it's a prayer. Shower, O heavens, from above. And let clouds rain down righteousness. That's what we need more than ever today, that the righteousness of God would rain down on earth. And what is the fruit? Salvation. Righteousness. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. Isn't that wonderful? Seeds of salvation. Seeds of righteousness and kingdom values. We see that righteousness is on the retreat in the Western world, isn't it? In so many forms and so many ways, righteousness is being pushed back. Righteousness is being pushed back out of politics. Righteousness is being pushed back out of education. Righteousness is being pushed out of society. It's being pushed out. But God wants to bring a renewal. God wants to reign once more. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 10 following. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 10. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom shall be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Yesterday in the afternoon, I looked at the grass in the back of my garden, and uh, it looked dry, it looked parched. It's not as bad as it was a couple of years ago with the great droughts, but it looked bad. It, lo it looked bad. So I just thought, well, at the end of the afternoon, I'll put on the sprinkler. So I put the sprinkler on, and within 20 minutes, I could see a difference in the grass. The grass was getting greener. It's amazing the difference that takes place in the believer's life, when the Holy Spirit reigns afresh on it. It says, 
that the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. What's your desire in scorched places? It's for water. It's for water. And so God is promising us that even in a scorched spiritual land, He's ready to reign on the believer's life. If we're thirsty, He will pour out His Spirit. He will pour out His right righteousness. We'll be watered like a garden. You know, there's a wonderful section in Colin's book called People of Passion. People of Passion is the handbook for Kensington Temple, for discipleship, for how we, 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 we win the lost and disciple the lost and raise up leaders in our cell, small group ministry, people with a passion. And it begins, uh, and one of the first chapters is talking about transforming your spiritual environment. That's one of the most important things that we do. And this is what, what I'm talking today about, that, that we should not become a product of our spiritual uh, environment, that we should not be thermometers that simply reflect the spiritual temperature of the environment we live in. I tell you what, I don't want to be a thermometer that reflects the spiritual temperature of Europe because that's below freezing. God doesn't want you to be a thermometer that simply reflects the spiritual environment of your neighborhood or your workplace or your place of education or where you live. God does not want, He has not called you to be a thermometer. He's called you to be a thermostat. To turn yourself up to the temperature of the Holy Spirit and begin to affect the uh, atmosphere around you and the environment around you instead of to be affected. And here in this passage, we have a promise that in scorched places, He'll satisfy us. That we can become watered gardens. Our soul can become a watered garden in the midst of desert people. Wonderful picture there. God's Word is like water. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 2. Deuteronomy 32, verse 2. I love this passage. Let my teaching drop as the rain, God speaking. Let my teaching drop as the rain. My speech distill as the dew, as the drops on the fresh grass, and as the showers on the herb. How wonderful. God's Word can rain upon us, bringing refreshment and life, watering the gardens of our heart. We know that Jesus taught and said, the sower sows the Word, and the Word goes into the soil. And Jesus says that the soil is our heart. You know, one of the things that the Western world is not short of, or the Western church is not short of, is seed. I mean, there are so many sermons, so many Christian channels, so many churches, even in London, so many churches that you can go to. I know it's not the case everywhere in the Western world and in even Britain that there's, that there's good preaching, but you can still access it. So many Christian books, so many Christian CDs. If you want it, you can get it. There is seed, good seed as well. Good seed in abundance. I think some of the the soils of our heart have got more seed than you could ever imagine planted in it. But how many of those seeds are germinating? How many of those seeds 
are bearing fruit unto righteousness. How many seeds have received shower of the Holy Spirit and are constantly being watered? If you, if you don't water your plants in summer, if you've put in some new plants, some new flowers, you have to water them every day. I water the back plants, my wife waters the front plants. And if you don't do them in a day, you know about it the next day. I've got some poppies that are out there, and they're incredible because um, if, if you don't water them, they just lie flat. But you water them, literally five minutes later, standing erect, flower, it's, it's incredible how they respond to water. And we're like that, you know. We're like that when the rain of the Spirit falls on our lives, immediately we, we become charged. We become strengthened. We become energized. We, we are no longer wilted. It's very easy to be a wilting flower in the kingdom of God. You've got the seed. You're flowering. But you haven't been watered recently by the Spirit and the Word. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28, I love this. You know, the rainbow is a symbol of God's faithfulness. So whenever you see a rainbow, and there's quite a few around at the moment, especially on Facebook profiles, whenever you see that rainbow, thank God, because it's His symbol. He created the rainbow. God gave us the rainbow after the flood to say He'd never do such a thing again. It was His covenant promise. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing a real rainbow. You ever seen a real rainbow? Have you ever been in the rain and looked up? I've, we've seen rainbows go right over London. It's one of the most wonderful things. R the rainbow is one of my absolute wonderful symbols. And it's my daughter's favorite symbol. She loves the rainbow. She's always looking in books for rainbow. I'll never forget the time when we were out together in the car and I stopped because we saw a double rainbow. Double blessing. But a rainbow tells you that the rain is there and that the rain is coming. You can't have rainbow without a rain. And God's promises and faithfulness, His rainbow, come when His Spirit comes. Sometimes we cry out, How long, O Lord? How long till you visit us? How long till you forgive us? How long till you send revival? How long till you bring change in our personal lives? How long till you do something? How long, O Lord? But when the rain comes, the rainbow comes. And as the rain falls, God shows you His rainbow saying, See, when my Spirit comes, so my promises are fulfilled. And, uh, sorry, and here in Ezekiel 1, 28, look at this. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around the Lord. This was the appearance of His likeness of the glory of the Lord. I'm going to read that again. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around Him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. You know, Luke chapter 11, verse 54 Jesus talks about the rain. He says, you know, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say to one another, a shower is coming. 
but you can't see the signs of the time. In other words, what Jesus was saying is that the Holy Spirit was coming. He was saying, in the natural, you see a cloud, and you say, the rain is coming. But you can't see the cloud that's coming that's going to bring Pentecost. That's what he was saying. Spiritual discernment was so low. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 7, talking about people that have, people that have backslid compared to people that are walking with the Lord. Hebrews 6 is all about backsliders. In fact, it's about backsliders that backslide so far that although they go to heaven, they never return to Christian discipleship on earth. And he speaks about those types of people producing briars and, and nettles of no value. But he says that the ground that drinks in the rain and produces fruit receives a blessing from God. What's he talking about? He's talking about human beings. He's talking about Christians that receive the rain of the Holy Spirit on the soil of their hearts. They are well watered by God. The last passage I want to go to is the famous passage in Joel. Joel chapter 2. It's the sermon text that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And um, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. The context is in God bringing in a great harvest. The threshing floors in verse 24 will be full of grain. The vats will overflow with wine and oil. I'll restore the years this locust has eaten. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. You shall know that I'm in the midst of you. It's all about natural and spiritual harvest. And what do you need for that? The rain. And therefore, we come to verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit. This is a reference to the rain of the Spirit on all flesh. And what will happen? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. Even on my male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth. And verse 32, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape. And so here is a great picture of the outpouring of the Spirit. It brings supernatural prophetic unction. And it brings inspiration into God's people. People are inspired when the rain of the Holy Spirit falls. And the fruit of salvation comes from this. So, what I'm trying to say tonight really is that the rain of the Spirit is part of God's plan. I said a couple of weeks ago the importance of the seed. If you missed that, you can go on the internet and, and catch it on the KT Media and how the seed was important. I did mention the rain there. But we have enough seed. Unless you're a new believer here, maybe you need a, few, a bit more seed. But you know what? You don't need much seed. You don't need much seed, but you do need much rain. There are people around the world that have only even had portions of the New Testament. Very little, little knowledge about God. But because the Holy Spirit was raining drenching their, their heart with His presence and with His power. 
the few seeds that they had produced the maximum fruit that they possibly could. Let's call that a hundredfold, which is a hundred times, a hundredfold. Whereas the problem in the church today is that we have so much ungerminated seed. And we love seed. And we're always getting more seed. We're always looking for new seed, different seed, fresh seed, strange seed. Seed, 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 seed. But when we look at our lives, we don't see the corresponding fruit that should have with that multitudes of seeds in our heart. Something's wrong. Something's wrong and God wants to change it. You know, you can garden your heart. You can dig up the weeds and the cares and anxieties that distract us from the things of God. You can, you can get your little trowel and dig up those things. Some of them got deep roots. You dig them up. And you, you can turn over the soil. And you can prepare that soil. You can garden the heart, your heart. Your heart is a garden, and you can garden it with the help of God. But what we need is rain. Have you ever stood in the pouring rain and been utterly soaked to the place where you don't mind getting wet anymore? Because there's often always that initial thing, isn't it? Oh, I don't want to get wet. You take a newspaper, I don't, oh, and, and even a drip annoys you because you don't want to get wet. But if you've ever been out and you got caught in the rain and you're trying to hop from tree to tree, but in the end, you're soaked and you come to the place where you say, Do you know what, I'm going I'm to stop trying to stay dry. I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy the rain. You ever put your face up and just seen the rain and the drops coming down? It's one of the most wonderful things in the world, to be soaked in the pouring rain, especially if it's warm, if it's summer rain, it's a lot different, but to be soaked in the summer rain is just so wonderful. Have you ever been in one of those nations where when it rains, it rains? It doesn't like trickle. It's like one minute, there's no rain. The next minute, it is, I mean, more than pour. I mean, it's like a power shower from heaven, isn't it? You know, when I've been to Florida, I've, those times I've loved it. You know, you, you get very little warning. You can tell, can't you, the atmosphere, the rain's coming. But, you know, you're in shorts, you're in the sun, walking around, and the next minute, I mean, it, it, you can't see because of the rain. The rain is bouncing eight feet high. It's just the most amazing. The, the, the environment changes in an instant, doesn't it? I remember standing out on my balcony, just watching this huge... Rain with the thunder and lightning, and, and the rain just pouring the whole atmosphere. An hour earlier, everybody's walking around enjoying their holidays. Now, the rain had totally taken over. The environment was totally different. That's what we need. And God is willing to do it. We saw, as I finished today, in that early Isaiah 41 chapter, it was all, the whole of Isaiah 41 is all about transformation. God bringing his kingdom and restoration. And how he promised that if people were thirsty, he would change their environment that they lived in. When God changes us and we change our environment, we will begin to change the environment of people around us. Let's just sit and receive from the Lord for a few moments right now.
Just ask the Holy Spirit to send the rain of His Spirit on your heart in ever-increasing outpourings. 95% of you in this room and watching on the internet, you've got all the seed you need. You can get more. I'm not saying there's nothing more for you to learn, but do you know what? You've got all the seed you need. What you need is the rain. What you need is a monsoon experience with the Holy Spirit. We can't manufacture this, but we are allowed to ask for it. We are allowed, and we do have a promise that in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit, and it will be a supernatural thing. And all those words and seeds of God's Word and teaching that God has placed in your heart, some of them, many of them may be dormant right now. They're just waiting for that soaking rain of the Holy Spirit to filter through the soil particles of your heart. And when the Spirit touches the seed of the Word, it's going to spring to life. It's going to change the environment of your inner life. A garden's going to spring up where there was desert. Fruit is going to come. The fruit of righteousness. And the Holy Spirit is going to soak His church. That's why it's important to be a spirit and a word church. If the spirit falls on the ground and there's no seed, waste of time. Well, it would be a great experience, but in the end. And if you've got the seed without the word, waste of time. But if you've got the seed and a heart hungry for the rain, the rain of His Spirit. You say, how do I get the rain of His Spirit? You ask for it. You begin to become desperate for it. You begin to realize how parched you are. How parched our nation is. But you don't despair. You don't get driven to despair. You get driven to God. Elijah, you know, he was in a time of great famine. A time of, but, but God said, I'm sending the rain. What did he do? Sit back and wait? No, he began to pray seven times. And he saw a cloud the size of a man's hands. Do you know what? I see a cloud over Europe the size of a man's hand. But God is looking for people to call upon him and seek him. And as we seek him for the rain... I believe that cloud will grow according to the desire for rain that we have. And it won't only shower us, but it can change the whole atmosphere of desert Europe. Let's bow our heads. Maybe you're here tonight as a guest or a visitor. And just saying, you know what? I, I want God in my life. I recognize that life without God is a desert experience. Promises much delivers little. The joys of the world and sin, they give you just enough poison to think that, just enough taste to think that you've got something good, but it's poison. You say, I, I want a transformation in my life. I want God to come into my life and cleanse me from sin and begin to pour out the waters of eternal life that will never run dry. This God-shaped gap in my heart I want filled.
This desire for meaning I want filled. The knowledge that when I die, I won't die in my sins, but I'll have been accepted by the Father tonight. And if I die, and when I die, as I surely will, I will go to heaven. If that's you here tonight and you want to say a prayer that will bring God into your life, cleanse your sins, and fit you for heaven, and also bring heaven to your heart on earth, I want you to lift your hand where you're seated. I'm going to pray for you. And you will leave, uh, leave tonight born again and ready for transformation. Is there anybody here who wants that? Lift your hand, be bold, be strong. Yes, hands over there. Anybody else in the balcony? Tonight's your night. You might not get another chance. Yes, to the right of me, hands. To the right, consolidators. Yeah. Anybody else? This is your time. It's time for transformation. It's time for you to flower. It's time for you to flower. It's time for you to flourish. It's time for you to be a well-watered garden of the Lord. The Garden of Eden is gone a long time ago when, when humankind fell. Garden of Eden is gone. But Jesus is creating Garden of Edens in the hearts of all those that come to him. Well-watered, where he walks with you in the cool of your devotion. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the ministry team to, to be at the front. I'm going to ask the musicians to come forward. We've got some time for some rain just to fall in our lives. One of the best ways to let rain come is simply to worship the Lord. Simply to open our hearts and spend some time seated or standing or kneeling, just allowing the Holy Spirit time to reign on our hearts and to do with whatever he's doing in our hearts to respond to him and the reign of our spirit of his spirit will come and during this time yes those of you that put your hands in the air we just want to give you a booklet john's gospel and pray for you nothing weird's going to happen to you we'll bring you right back in the room it's just it's good to pray through you can take your friends as with with you we'll just give you a present pray for you and bring you right back but we're going to stand we're going to spend some time just 10 minutes or so will be enough if we do it properly. Just seeking the Lord, responding to this, and asking Him to reign in our heart, make pools in the desert. And if tonight you feel especially dry, we're all dry, but you feel especially dry and parched and discouraged, then why don't you come up and get someone here at the front to pray for you? And they'll pray for you, that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and, and set in motion a new season of rain, a new season of outpouring. Let's stand together unless you want to, uh, want to sit or kneel. Well, let's stand. We're going to spend the next 10 minutes just soaking with God. You can come out. Don't, don't feel that in the balcony you don't have. You can come out. You can be prayed for or right where you are. Just say, Lord, send your rain on us. Lord, come upon us right now. Let rain from heaven fall. You promised that in the last days you'd pour out your spirit we come to you and we know we're thirsty lord we need to be even more thirsty than we are we don't know how thirsty we really are but lord teach us and cause that thirst in our hearts for jesus to increase and as we thirst lord we pray that we will experience rain from heaven coming and soaking our lives send your rain O oh lord we pray send your rain